0: I'm not ordained and I haven't been through seminary.
1: I have no professional training. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Well, welcome back to Open to Truth, a podcast all about exploring big ideas and discovering truth together. My name's Clint. Hey, I'm Tony. Welcome back. (laughs) And I think we're just going to have kind of a honest little conversation here. I hope
0: they're all honest. You know, the conversations we have when you set it up like that. Makes it sound like maybe sometimes we're, de- you know, yeah. right, deceitful. You want to start over? No, no, that's okay. fine. We'll roll with it and we will continue to be honest as we always are in these conversations. I, get,
1: I meant casual, I guess, Yeah, more. Yeah, um, yeah, a frank. Less structured.
0: Yeah, it is less. Because this is just stuff I've been thinking about and you probably have as well, somewhat. Mm. Um, we want to I talk. I brought this to you. I want to. Oh, you serious? Okay. Well, Spilled it. It happened. I want to talk a little bit about. Um the role of a pastor. You and I are both we both work at a church mm-hmm. in what we would describe as pastoral ministry. Neither of us have that title. Neither of us are officially on We're paper. We're not reverends. We're not reverends. Yeah. We are not pastors on paper. But the kind of work that we do is frequently pastoral. It's referred to as that way. I mean, we both preach. Uh, we mm-hmm. both sit down with do one-on-one sort of ministry with people and pray for people and that sort of thing and so it's i've just gotten thinking about you know as a here i am at 31 and thinking about the various paths that lie before me in my mm-hmm. life that i could walk and um if you're not
1: already at the halfway point
0: you're approaching getting it. close getting close so and for a long time my role at the church was sort of music stuff creative um arts that had the sprinkle of pastoring in there as well, of course. Mm -hmm. But it's just got me thinking, okay, um, if I were to lean into the more pastoral type of ministry as a way of life and as a path, um, what is that that I'm really leaning into? And so I've got some questions I just want to bring to the table and try to get clear in my head today as we think about this. Um, I'll rattle off a couple of them sort of to lay out where I want to go, but I want to know what is a pastor Uh, and, and is the role different from the, the action of pastoring someone? Like, it seems like there is a title people can get called pastor. Um, and I want to know what comes along with that. Like what qualifies somebody for that? What disqualifies somebody for that? Um, but then also is pastoring something that's exclusive to happening within a church? Does it have to happen within a church or is it something that anyone can do at any time with anybody? Um, and maybe maybe the issue is just our language. We use it multiple ways, or we use it to mean several things. But I think that's at play for sure. That's definitely at play. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe we can dive in with our understanding of the role of a pastor at a church, since that's the context we're in. Is that an okay place to start? Sure.
1: I mean, <clears throat> let me let me throw this against the wall. See, of course. Six. Yeah. Um, to pastor is to care for another person's soul. It's the practice of soul care. Interesting, man. How, how'd that strike you? Here's why, I mean,
0: it struck me as very Christian of you. Here's why I maybe bristled just a little bit at that. If we just mean by pastor, like shepherding, that's what it means, right? Mm. Pastor means shepherd. To What does a shepherd do? Uh, provides for the flock, leads the flock, protects the flock. What else does this? That's about it goes and helps the struggling sheep if they flip on their back that sort of thing yeah it's not
1: but i am a sheep i'm one too yeah that's why i don't i've never loved that i see
0: you don't want to be just the king sheep telling the other sheep what to do i don't like that yeah yeah well here's anyway the reason i bristled is just because i have started to notice this word pastoring weaving its way into non-church related um workplaces like my mate i'm pretty sure Muzz. i'm sorry if i'm putting words in your mouth but i'm pretty sure when i was in australia recently chatting to my mate Muzz, who works for the aussie government he's in national security can't even really talk that much about what he does hmm. but i know that he at least leads a staff team of like five or six people or something and he just i was asking him like what his frequency is with one-on-ones like does he i was just trying to get a sense of how similar is like managing a team yeah. in that to managing it in a church and he used the word um I don't know whether he said pastoral or pastoring, but he described some of what he does as needing to be pastoral with them. And it was not in any way, he did not mean he reads the Bible to them or prays for them or nothing like that. It just meant I'm shepherding them, I'm guiding them, Um, coaching, like coaching up a young intern who's not professional. That might be part of pastoring. Like, hey, let me tell you how to be places on time and use a calendar and tuck your shirt in and that sort of thing.
1: Well, that's why, I mean, what I find helpful about the soul care... Is it helps distinguish it from the myriad of other adjacent kind of things? Life coaching, coaching, mentoring, counseling, great uh, therapy, uh, spiritual directing. Is yeah, it on the rise. It is term? It's um, on the rise.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's part of my. So, what's this little lane? Then? What makes it unique? What makes pastoring different? And maybe this is part of it as well. What makes pastoring different than a couple of the things you just mentioned, mm-hmm. like? spiritual direction. Is
1: it a jack of all trades, master of none? I'm wondering. This is the role in society, or if you will, the body of Christ, Mm -hmm. that they need to be kind of a little bit good at all those things.
0: I'm wondering if it's that, because I've heard our lead guy say several times, you know, when he's sitting down with people, I'm not a counselor. He'll say that. I'm not a counselor. But they are coming to him for counsel. They are you know right and he does give counsel
1: but he's not a counselor he's not deploying state of the art knowledge from fields of psychology and psychiatry well and neither
0: is he licensed as a counselor right. would be i think that's the main so thing. there's a disclaimer of like look this is not financial advice <laughs> you know right, right. i'm not a counselor but but then there is an expectation that he would what offer a biblical perspective a a, a christian perspective He's going to offer some spiritual wisdom, mm-hmm. hopefully.
1: Not always. Sometimes there's situations. Would any other not? This is horrible. I probably should know this. Okay. Would any other non-Christian religious sect use the term "pastor" for their leaders? Great. Like, are there, like there's rabbis, but uh, not, there's not Muslim pastors. There's imams. I don't know I'm- what an imam is. <laughs> I th- I view that as like the equivalent of a bishop. Oh, okay. In the in their okay their structure. Boy,
0: we're ignorant, aren't we? Yeah, I don't know. If if there are any Muslim pastors out there, please write into the show. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear from you. Or is it just a Christian thing? Hindu pastors? I, I've never heard teachers, of such a thing. Teachers, yogis, pre- priests, yeah, gurus, like gurus, yogis, mm-hmm. te- yeah. But a pastor is not those things, because rabbi in Judaism. Yeah 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 well there's something about that pastoral ministry going back to the sitting down i'm not a counselor but you've come to me for counsel when i'm in those situations it's it's very obvious to me most of the time that i can't fix whatever problem is in front of me like i'm not and i don't think that's the pastor's job not necessarily even the counselor's job Mm -hmm. to fix the problem a lot of it comes down to being a
1: and why why not because you can't. It's impossible. Well, some of it I
0: can't, man. Some of the problems, it's like,
1: it's just a lot that would probably need to change. Like when we say fix, mm. I mean, I, I can't just wrangle control over somebody's life and soul in a way that I could fixing a pipe. Yeah. You know, where you fix the leak. Yeah. You know, you could give some wise counsel on how. You've seen leaks such as this been fixed by yeah. behavioral yeah. change and what what have you. Yep, that's fair
0: enough. That is usually mm-hmm. what ends up happening, offering some kind of, well, from my experience, really is what I'm speaking from. Not that I have that much, which brings me to, and I'm sorry if we're talking in circles, but yep. I do wonder what qualifies. I wonder this often. What qualifies uh, somebody to be a pastor? And here's maybe a bone I have to pick with the church
1: yes. frankly yep go for it
0: is maybe the most immediate answer that you would get is like ordination are they ordained okay well maybe but ordination looks very different across different denominations across different churches it's not clear what is even wrapped into ordination right there is theological education that maybe gets pointed to have you been to seminary have you got your masters of divinity and Okay, fair enough. There's a certain body of knowledge that comes with that. Maybe, depending on which school you go to. But even then... Yeah, there's still
1: a whole gamut of schools where there are some texts that I wouldn't even know exist. Texts? Yeah, Mm. but are required at some scenarios.
0: Okay, so there's not some universal curriculum that is the pastor curriculum that you should go through, like a doctor or a... Like, I don't know. That would be pretty standardized, right? If you want to become a foot doctor... You're going to learn the foot stuff. Yeah. And it's going to be pretty much the same. Podiatry? I think. (laughs) (laughs) The foot stuff. Yeah, yeah.
1: But even then, like, all all those specialties in medicine all had to go through med school. And, like, you had to, like, basically master anatomy. Right. For the most part. I want
0: my doctors to know about anatomy. You're passing
1: tests and there's these. And the standards of excellence are determined by the guild itself. Say more about that the uh, these different boards I'm I'm kind of blanking on what the test you would take after medical school is Uh, that's why I just punt usually to law the bar exam got it so the bar exam is put together by a guild of elite lawyers or maybe people that have been practicing for a long time or professors of law at different schools and they all get together and say this is how we should this is the barometer for excellence in law if, if you pass this, then you are now qualified to handle someone's legal
0: Is, uh, maybe, concerns. not sure if you know this, the bar exam, is that something that's the same across the nation, or is it state to state?
1: Uh, probably st- by state. State to state. That sounds right to me. But either
0: way, there mm-hmm. is this agreed upon bar that you need to pass, jump over. Yeah. And it seems like that's just not the case in pastoral ministry, In so that... The curriculum could be different depending on what school you went to. The ordination process could look different depending on what church or denomination you're talking about. But then I think there is this whole piece that maybe doesn't get talked about or is lacking. And this really only occurred to me when I was reading, oh, what's Rob Bell's latest book? Everything Everything is Spiritual. spiritual? Mm -hmm. He talks about during the ordination process, there being a whole lot of questions asked about what do you believe about this? What do you believe about that? And sort of lay out your doctrine for us and no questions asked really about his character or like, yeah. Hey, how, how have you loved someone in the community in this past week? Or how, what do your children think of you? Or, yeah. um, when, when did you last forgive somebody and how did you go about that? Like the kinds of things that people are going to be coming to the pastor with are real world, usually interperson, often interpersonal issues or personal issues. And <clears throat> there at least doesn't seem to be that much attention paid to, how well ordered the pastor's soul is versus just what does he know and what has he studied or she, I guess. Yeah. Am I crazy for thinking? I haven't just seen much of that. I've maybe some churches are out there and they have a vetting process for what kind of character are we looking for. But even then, say you had somebody who had. It's hard to kn- it can be
1: hard to know without. Yeah. Um, being time in spent. relationship with them Absolutely. for a long time.
0: Absolutely. I mean, sure. You can look good in an interview or an ordination panel and impress people and be a real sob on the inside but sometimes what this leads to i feel like i've met guys who are full-time pastors who man just seem to have no respect for the people or love for the people that they're leading like i will not name names you wouldn't know them anyway but i I've met people who it's, it's clear they have some kind of disdain for the congregation in general. Hmm. These idiots that I need to speak to every week, teach every week. And I spend my time studying. So my sermons are top notch and, and it's, it's like, maybe, maybe, maybe your theology is spot on. Maybe the stuff coming out of your mouth is spot on too. I don't know. I haven't listened to your sermons, but is that the kind of shepherd that like, do you really want to shepherd these people? Are you shepherding these people? Um, So I just don't know. I guess I'm just sad about that or wondering, say you had somebody who is a lay person, ultimately. They've studied on their own, read on their own, but on paper, no qualifications. They didn't go to seminary. Mm -hmm. They aren't ordained, but they know their Bible inside out. They understand the heart of Jesus well, and they live it out. Is somebody like that able to be a pastor? Would that be good for them to be a pastor, or should they go through this go through the system and get your full-on education. Are you disqualified if you don't have that kind of education? Um, Hmm. Or should you be? Because I get it. You don't want someone to just be winging it. Like There is a tradition here that we belong to.
1: So this is where now now we're butchering up against how we equivocate on the word pastor Mm. or just the different... um, Inflections of meaning that it has. So there's pastoral ministry, yeah, and of the sort that we're doing, and the uninitiated, like they haven't gone through formal education. Yeah, there's a lot of pastors like that in our church and in lots of churches, yeah. Um, and then we use the term pastor to refer to one who leads a church, a body, yeah, and that. Requires a whole other set of skills. Oh yeah, man. That are that someone who is gifted at being pastoral with someone of showing genuine care. Yeah. Um, maybe may not have. In so it sounds of- like the the folks you were imagining the kind of twisted figure of can like perform the duties of maybe as a, a fantastic leader. Yeah. Of an organization <laughs> of a and a congregation, but is kind of lousy at the actual. Personal not care. actual, just the just past the pastoral ministry, soul care yep. part of it.
0: Yeah. And you're saying maybe it could be true the other way too, where somebody's very good at the pastoral care thing, but they should not be leading an organization. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's fair enough. It's interesting the hats you have to wear, you know, especially if you're in a church that's growing. I mean, this is what we've seen mm-hmm. is our church when I started there eight years ago it was three hundred something people or whatever. And it just kept growing up to 1800 or something like that. But either way, a church of 1800 is just very different structurally than a church of 300 in terms of how time needs to be spent by staff, how many staff there are, now who's going to manage them, and um, all because the to have
1: Because to have a church of 1800 implies a, a whole range of things. Mm. You probably had to get some kind of building to house all these people for the gatherings that occur. Yeah. and. Um, And And so now you're managing a building probably a multi (laughs) million dollar fund every year. And you went to seminary (laughs) to learn about how to exegete (laughs) Hebrews. And then ultimately the buck stops with you and the decision making for how to spend millions of dollars. Yeah. And so that person wearing the the hat of lead pastor, the one who has the authority, positional authority to make decisions. Um, now that person either needs to develop the skill set basically of an MBA yep. or hire someone that kind of has with a skill set or be good enough at volunteer recruiting and relating to a wide range of people yep. that you could in the same week or day or hour meet with you know, a drug addict who just got arrested for beating their spouse yep. and to an extremely successful financial manager and yeah. try to convince them to help lead your volunteer finance team yeah so someone that is i don't know a congregant let's say that goes on a hospital visit and can really be present with someone who just got the news that they have cancer or something Mm -hmm. may not at all be equipped to do this other thing yeah like the behind the scenes kind of high level leadership stuff yeah not saying one's better or worse at all but just it's not the skill set. Yeah. So I think in in particular, like we're wondering and our roles are like we're paid to be on staff at a church. Yeah. And wondering, you know, do I want to pursue being a lead pastor and
0: in- Yeah, or an associate pastor. I mean, I've yeah. never been a pastor on paper, you know? It's always been You have some designated role, and while you're doing that, pastor the people that you're involved with. Like, it's always been part of what I'm supposed to be doing. is building Mm -hmm. relationships with the people I serve with and caring for them, and that's expected for sure. Yeah. But at least explicitly, I've not been a pastor. So I'm just, yeah, wondering as well. Well, okay. How about... I mean, wouldn't you say you've been a worship pastor? Just without... Yeah. I mean, by what people mean by that, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You've done that. I did do it.
1: You just haven't led the whole organization.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, I don't know, May, I. it might just be a similar thing scaled up, you know, because um, there are many ways in which like the team I was leading felt like a little church within a church. It's like, here are the volunteers that are kind of the flock that I'm responsible for. It's 120 people or whatever, and you're caring for them and you've got leaders that are hopefully helping you do that. And yeah. What about um, what about taking the opposite end of that question? What qualifies somebody? What would disqualify somebody for a role of, say, like lead pastor? Now, I know you just mentioned, do you have the skills to be able to tap dance like that? Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're great in personal care, but you can't speak to a business leader. Mm-hmm. So fair enough. That seems like a skill or a soft skill. Also, oh, sorry,
1: just to mention, you're at least in typical american christianity your lead pastor is the primary public speaker yeah look look, a whole other skill set man oh geez that we haven't even mentioned yet business acumen or just good instincts being soul care and then public speaking and having somewhat of rigorous thought and something to say yeah Yeah,
0: as well so you've got like you need to be skilled at studying
1: being a loving a lover of learning yep to have a well to draw from when you're talking weekly
0: oh yeah can't just be repeating the same thing
1: it's week. a it's a strange brew it's a unique kind of person that can do all of those things adequately
0: it is mm-hmm. it is that's right i'm trying to work out if i'm cut out for it mm-hmm. what do you think about we've maybe touched on this in um that episode on forgiveness i think we talked a little bit about moral failing on the part of pastors i'm just thinking through the kinds of things that i've seen disqualified
1: we've been through the ringer as a capital c church in the past couple months oh sure talking a big about our church i was like well, what does he know that <laughs> no, no. i don't know <laughs> no no like the hill song oh i don't know if
0: i well not i mean oh old mate houston yeah um resigned resigned okay
1: over sexual misconduct okay uh i think his name's bruxy cavey or cavy i don't know bruxy main well, i think it's the biggest mega church in canada uh same thing Got. i don't is he resigned resigning i think he's resigned now
0: do we know? And these are, you know, two cases out of how many? Was that a self-confession resignation thing, or was it like a "oops, you got caught, get out of here"?
1: Uh, I'm not sure.
0: Don't know. Well, either way, we've seen that happen. I'm
1: guessing caught, and it feels like usually it's that. <laughs> it's usually that. <laughs> it's usually that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because because it indicates a hidden life. The moment it's confessed, it's a little bit less hidden. You know, mm-hmm. you.
0: Well, go, say more you're, you're, about that. Something we'll just, about the hiddenness is
1: Well, if you're caught, troubling. then it just has this... It gives the strange texture to any kind of... Remorse or apology. Apology you would try to yeah, give. I do raise an eyebrow. It's right. Like, well,
0: are you really sorry or just sorry you got caught?
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And whereas if you were to confess it, it shows that you took that first step and you're genuinely seeking forgiveness. It's Fair just easier to detect the attitude of the heart and without. fair
0: enough i've heard you know our lead guy say what the only thing that would get you fired is if i found out you he like, had some hidden double life or something right, right? right which okay that's interesting i maybe we can just explore that a little bit to that's what, not
1: totally true i'm sure like, there's other things that could, well yeah there's other things you, you could, could get really fired for, for muck sure. up the job you're doing
0: but for example how how transparent should you expect some mega church pastor to be with the details of his life? Now obviously if there's like sexual misconduct going on, he has very little incentive to be forthcoming about that. Mm-hmm. And and it's probably good that that comes to light and gets stopped or whatever. But to what degree should you want your lead pastor's life or expect your lead pastor's life to be an open book to you? Do they have any right to just surely, it's a dumb question. Do they have any right to privacy? Seems like yes. Um, we need to do an episode on privacy, by the way, and, okay. and data
1: and stuff. Yeah, uh, we haven't done that. Sorry, yeah, sure. Just I know we we're thinking about it. Well, transparency and privacy, to me, are on it's on a spectrum, yep. and that's a sliding scale. And we, um, uh, this is a question about. Are you asking a question about the role? or in virtue of the relationship that you would build with a particular person in the congregation so hmm. so like the role of your therapist they don't have to be transparent at all no that's not expected you're, you're supposed to be mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. not leave any stone unturned hopefully as the therapy goes on yeah if you're lying that's to just, your therapist that's you, part of the relationship it's not or, helpful that's a little bit what i'm noticing in spiritual direction that yeah you would go and It's it's, the expectation is not that there there's mutual vulnerability. Yes. Now I'm gonna slide the scale up on transparency for pastors that role. Up from
0: counselor.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um. I just don't know how far. Um. Mm -hmm. That's I guess that's what you're asking. But there's that like how how transparent am I to the crowds mm -hmm. to the congregation versus like in one on one meetings and i think you can slide up the transparency there mm-hmm. as you kind of test to see is this person a safe place to do that
0: mm-hmm. maybe let me throw this at you maybe it's to do with i think you'd want your lead pastor to be the same kind of person across all domains i would not i i I wouldn't love it if they presented themselves one way when they preach mm-hmm. and then the shock of finding out about some hidden sin is, oh, they're not at all who I thought they were. Yeah. Or the way they presented themselves is very mismatched from clearly this whole other side of them I haven't seen. Um, and I could see how that would feel like a betrayal. Like, oh, the person I've gotten to know is just an act. you know. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten to know the real person, but I've bore my real soul. you know, And that could feel like a... A betrayal of trust. Um, So maybe there's a way. I mean, I think you and I both try to do this. At least when we speak, I I almost always include some of my own failings in my Mm. sermons. At least when I'm preaching on something, I make clear I'm preaching just as much to myself. Like, here's how I blew it this week on this thing. So there's never there's never a I've got it figured out. Now you all need to whip into shape. Mm -hmm. But I don't share everything, you know. Um, I don't share everything from the stage and some things I probably only share with you and a handful of others and not yeah. people in the congregation so um,
1: so I'd say no it's not right for a congregant to expect full, a pastor full absolute full access
0: to the pastor's life and every right. aspect of it yeah that seems overkill so maybe it's a question for the pastor to be constantly going to God with of like, Hey, how is my integrity? Am I, am I acting with integrity? And am I being honest in the way that I present Mm -hmm. myself and my walk with you? And
1: well, not to be cliche, but the, um, I do find it helpful to bring, to go back to this, what we say at Heartland a lot for our staff team is the best thing you have to offer someone is your thriving relationship with Uh Jesus or God. And there's something about that that strikes me as really true. The times when I'm least excited about pastoring is when there's probably something not quite firing on all cylinders the well is with dry. my spirituality, mm-hmm. you know? yeah. And then times when that is brimming full, yeah. then I feel vibrant that I have something to bring to the table in this work of mm-hmm. soul care mm-hmm. that my soul isn't on fire and thus can... <laughs> it's just kind of like putting the oxygen mask on yourself before someone else on the airplane you know there's a lot of wisdom in that to how we operate in all of our jobs Mm -hmm.
0: that's a good point man
1: i mean just imagine being having to be a doctor who's grossly obese but part of your job is to tell people to yeah do their food pyramid oh yeah you know that You've got to. F- that would cause a lot of stress and cognitive so. dissonance. Yeah, like what am I doing? I can't even do what I'm recommending.
0: What do you make of um, on that? So if if the pastor's role is soul care for the congregation, talk to me about how you see realistic limits on capacity. So it's not feasible for a pastor in a church of fifteen hundred to be great friends with all 1,500 people, right? Uh, or, or maybe said a more charitable way, it's not even fair, I think, to be attentively caring for the souls of 1,500 people. Um, just thinking about what that involves, like maintaining relationships. So... It seems like, at least I've found in myself, there are Mm. limits on how many I can take on and do well. It feels to me like spinning plates, right? Like a relationship needs touch points. You need to communicate, need to get together, spend time, whatever. And there's only so many hours in a day. My memory is sometimes like a sieve. There's only so many concerns that I can pile in there and hold before the mind. Um, If I take on too many, people will slip through the cracks. That's happened. And then they feel like they haven't been cared for and I've failed at my job to pastor Mm -hmm. so how do you approach the inevitable capacity issue unless you're i don't know maybe everyone has a different number probably people probably have different capacities Mm
1: -hmm. different emotional capacity yeah
0: but there's something that that needs to be navigated of there may be more people who want a relationship with you than you have capacity to offer to them Mm -hmm. um so how do you scale the thing or desire Or desire, sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. I could well totally just because not
1: all personalities jive really well together. That's true. That has to, right? We're allowed to say that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true. And and I can imagine not all time. Maybe there are these. um, Maybe there's some kind of an ROI calculation you have to do of like there's some people who would love all of your time. Let's get lunch every day, Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about the same things. Or and it's like. This is not the best use of my time. I need to go meet with some other people. Not that you're some messiah who's going to save the world, but
1: no, that's what I can imagine wearing, needing to draw boundaries as That's you as wearing well. the organizational yeah hat in the role of pastoring. Here's all these things that you're in charge of, and it may even be that you do kind of enjoy. It's not, It doesn't even have to be a drag. No, just I think what you can immediately think of with the the person who's always asking to meet. Let's say you really enjoy it. But even then, like you've got to place limits on it as a pastor, I think because so. Right. You have this whole mission of your congregation that you're trying to drive forward mm-hmm. and be a leader, mm-hmm. and that all can't happen if a lot of my time is all with one person.
0: So how do you scale? How do you scale pastoral care? You just you have your handful, and then you teach them, you give them the, the Great Commission to go and also pastor. You yeah, leadership development. Trickle down, coach the coaches and coach them. Yep, just coaches on coaches on coaches. It's totals all the way down.
1: <laughs> and I'm, I'm not saying that churches have to be like thousand people large organizations. So if if it is going yeah, to right. be that and go well, then you need something like that. Or if a smaller church wants to do like it's just church planting straight, like the moment a really good leader arises in your little congregation. Then they go out and plant a little congregation. Mm-hmm. Maybe it doesn't have to grow into this huge Well that yeah organism. But
0: it's been interesting just to see the different texture like I think I prefer the vibe of church when it is smaller mm. than I do some big thing where most people feel like strangers, or maybe not most, but many, like and maybe that's on me, I'm not doing a good enough job learning names or something. But I, for for church to be, at its most enjoyable and valuable for me, is there needs to be a sense of community of like yeah these are my people I love these people like, mm-hmm. and if I'm looking around and I don't know many of the people, just because of the size of the thing and you've got guests coming all the time.
1: Did our first two episode we did two, back to backs on church. What
0: is church and
1: I forget what they, are they were. Do they still survive? I don't know if they. Did they make the cut? The cut? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I but don't I mean, you're, now you're getting into ecclesiology and yeah. the study of the church and what is a church? Is maybe that, that you know. It's another episode. Maybe. Yeah. Um,
0: but either way, on the scaling piece, it's pick your handful of what, how many people, or it's different for everyone, or you have different concentric circles. Like you've got your inner three that you really pour into. Right. And then you you go out. Because yeah, you are cool. meeting with guests all the time. It's not all going to be people that you... You will be establishing new touch points constantly. Yeah, If sure. you're doing your job well. Mm-hmm. Right? So...
1: Well, what do you think? Are Are you one? Am I one? Or do you want to be one? Or how, how would you even... Well, I,
0: I second guess myself. How would you know? If you how were. would I know? I... One of the big question marks for me is the the qualification piece like i'm not i'm not ordained and i haven't been through seminary
1: i have no professional training (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) william hung
0: yeah just a, a kid with a guitar who's curious and i um that said i i think i have demonstrated that i can do the work um and enjoy doing the work i just could I do it for a lifetime?
1: Maybe. Mm-hmm. Don't know. I think a big part of it is, do other people see it in you? Yeah. I mean, that's probably true. It's not just a pastoring thing. It's hmm. whatever life endeavor you're gearing up to set your family and life in motion toward. <laughs> yeah. It'd be good to bounce oh. that idea.
0: <laughs> people generally affirmative yeah. or are they read,
1: cautioning you? <laughs> I just, I don't know if, if this really maps on totally but (laughs) i just read the other day that the ask of the audience uh little what is it called uh not a bonus it's like a tool in your toolkit for who wants to be a millionaire lifeline lifeline yeah yeah um you can phone a friend uh 50 50 or ask the audience yeah and the ask ask the audience had a 92 percent success rate Really, you will get crowdsource. Get the hive mind's opinion. You will get the question right with your ask the audience. That's pretty cool, pretty much. Right. Uh. So. So when trying to decide, it's it's not a bad idea to for a you now you want now the key there is you have a diverse audience. Yeah. Don't. Uh, Who wants to be a millionaire to sign up to go to such a thing? You're probably interested in game shows, but it's all different walks of life and perspectives. So you're getting a breadth of knowledge. Ask the audience in your life is not just your parents and and your best friend. Yeah. you (laughs) Because they're your homers for you already. You know, like, oh, yeah, great. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, So, yeah, people, if you have enough of those voices saying and you are genuinely asking and coming to them with, here's what I think pastoring is about or whatever you're putting your hand to Mm -hmm. in your life. Um, and if you get just yes after yes after yes, that's a huge indicator, you know. Mm. Yeah, because we uh, and also the and another important aspect is the tendency for us to be self delusional. Yeah. Self decept Sure. Self deceiving. I'm worried about that. I think it's uh, there's this this great little book. Uh, I told me so. By Greg Tanelsoff, uh, one of the profs at Biola, where I went to school. And in the opening chapter, just cites some studies. Uh, I think it's somewhere like 80 to 90% of teachers think that they're above average. <laughs> yeah. And it's probably, I, I would.
0: I think that's true of drivers, too. It's like mm. most people think they're better than the average so driver. Me-
1: so many of them are wrong about that. Right. You know? Yeah. Just they have to be. <laughs> So the tendency to deceive oneself in either direction, perhaps, like Mm -hmm. I'm I'm, woe is me. I'm not cut out for it. Mm -hmm. Or like, yeah, I'm kick ass. I'm a rock star. Mm -hmm. And just having trusted voices that will be honest with you. Be honest. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Maybe I need to do more crowdsourcing. Then maybe that's the stage I'm at.
1: I mean, what do you have? I mean, I feel like I've heard people say, yes, go do this. I have
0: heard nothing but affirmations at the moment (laughs) for anybody i bounce this past
1: yeah
0: is that true yeah pretty much Mm -hmm.
1: what's maybe some asterisks like this would i see this in you but this will be the pain point or the growth area Mm -hmm. or what you'll find hard about it yeah Mm mm-hmm
0: I just wouldn't want to flame out like you hear so many doing whether through whether through burnout and signing up for something that's actually not sustainable like I can also imagine lots of people telling you you should do something but knowing "Ah, that's not for me like I can imagine a situation where that's going on um like there's an element of how sustainable is pastoral life for your family rhythms and and maybe that's on you like mm-hmm. y- you design the schedule so set boundaries and and yeah. don't let the church become a mit- mistress and all of that um i wouldn't want to flame out through burnout or through moral failing in some way you just go out spectacularly um i would want to i would really want to do it well i really see it i see there being it's just a real responsibility and privilege like I'm consistently surprised by the access people give you to their lives. Like they, mm-hmm. when let's talk
1: about some of the joys of yeah. Of,
0: oh yeah, no, it's it is a privilege. Like when you when you're involved in someone's wedding, and and you can get I really c- like weddings. You can get cynical about weddings, like oh, how many more how do I have to go to? But like it's it's the most special day of their lives, and for them to invite you to be part of it. You get a front row seat to ideally ahead of time. You're sitting down and doing some premarital counseling with them. I really you get enjoy f- the premarital counseling. Me too. You get a feel for their relationship and and what God's doing with them and where they're headed. And then, well,
1: particularly with what we do, or I still we don't have to do it anymore apparently, but mm. I still require the prepare and, oh, enrich and assessment. rich assessment. Yeah. Yeah. Just because like I treat it a little bit almost like a talk sh- like Maury or Jerry Springer. Yeah, I know because <laughs> they've each responded to these set of questions. And individually. Individually. And then we br- see the scorers like, uh, well, Tom, it appears that you scored a four here. You strongly disagreed. But Cheryl, you've really you really agreed. I strongly with that. agreed. All right. Discuss. Disgust. Disgust. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of fun.
0: Yeah. that's That sort of stuff's really fun. And then having a chance to be there on a special day like that, it, that's a privilege. Being, I've been, if not the first, then close to the first phone call when somebody's just lost somebody. And they are distraught and Hmm. um, they're just going through a death of a loved one and they call you. And it's like, what? I can't possibly say anything to fix any of this, but I can grieve with you and I can hurt with you and love you through it. Um, You see, yeah, just especially I'm interested in, I've got what, eight and a half years or so with this church and like, you just see change and you see people grow and people having kids and you Mm -hmm. sort of have this yeah front row seat to small world medina but what god's doing here and everybody's carrying their own little battles and and going through stuff that you wouldn't know about but i'm as i said consistently surprised at how willing people are to like open up their life to me and and i don't take that lightly i guess like Um, I really see that as a responsibility and a privilege. Anytime I'm on stage talking about what God is like or what God might be like, that to me is such a heavy weight of like, (laughs) is there something bigger that I could be discussing, you know, um, and who am I to be discussing it? But here they are sitting there listening to the things I'm saying and and I'm sure many disagree or whatever, but some of them are going to take what I've said and then try and apply it this week in the Mm -hmm. way that they live
1: it'll be deeply formative for their entire lives of how they conceive of god i know based well, on what you're saying
0: well that's when you say it like that it sounds so it sounds so arrogant or something i'm not i don't mean it that way i just mean it is i mean that's it is unusual it is unusual that's the
1: role of the teacher yeah. the pastor is required to wear the hat of the teacher at times mm-hmm. that's what teachers do man that's what all of your teachers ever yeah, were doing they true. were they have they had the audacity to share their teach me about geometry (laughs) yeah (laughs) this is the agreed upon set of (laughs) facts geometry professionals
0: endorse yeah yeah it's just it's yeah it's a very personal thing um and it's it is cool i would just want to do it very well I, i i'm maybe i'm overly terrified of failure but um
1: you're more terrified of the uh, like your life imploding rather than just uh like external success like the church dwindles due to people oh, not I'm liking no, it i'm
0: not worried about that really mm. i mean maybe i would if i started to that's see more of, that's I started more of that's see my it fear. happening really people would just stop showing up
1: yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i uh and it would be hard not to take that extremely personally
0: yeah no i could see maybe if that started happening i would take that Personally, but as i said before like i kind of like smaller community to me it'd be like okay this is more manageable you mm-hmm. <laughs> could do a church this size right, <laughs> you know? right um but no i'd be more i don't know about my life imploding but just me like dropping the ball in spectacular ways and it, it becoming obvious to everybody what a fraud i am and that i'm not like uh i should i should not be in that position
1: hmm.
0: um that would be the fear is, you know, I already live with imposter syndrome. Just that would get
1: ramped yeah, yeah. way up. In a way that another career would not?
0: Not necessarily. Hard but to know.
1: Haven't really. Don't, yeah, not sure. You haven't done one as much.
0: No, I, I feel like a fraud in other industries as well. Like, yeah, I do video and I do sound and stuff, but there's always someone who like knows more than you and is yep. better than you. Yes. But there's something about the pastoral ministry that puts you in, it feels like, in a bit of a fishbowl like uh, you kind of are the the face of this organization or community and like it's very like even just practically most sundays there's a large crowd gathered around you on a stage like watching you it's just it's very public central mm-hmm. you're a bit under the microscope in a way that i don't i don't think i have anything I really need to be hiding or worried about, but like there is just this pressure. Hey, everyone's watching. Yeah, and I don't know if that's my own neuroses that's amplifying that. Maybe people don't care anywhere near as much as I feel like they might. But that I'm just worried about public disgrace.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and if you're a church above 150 or 200, then you're going to, you're almost assuredly going to have other staff that report to you. Yeah. So another yeah. hat is the hat of the manager. Right. There's there's just a lot that you need to do in this in mm-hmm. this role. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, I don't think it's totally unique to like the church world. I mean, high uh, leaders in high positions on org charts across industries, I'm sure face this feeling of wearing a lot of different hats, yeah. depending on the situation. Mm-hmm. That's, maybe that's even that's what it why. means to go up in the org. Um, increasingly competent. You're stepping into d- more diverse types of conversations and problem yep. solving. Yeah. Uh, but just that extra weight, that's a, there's a weight there there's of weight there. these people's livelihoods depend on some uh, the decisions I'm making. Oh, if you've got a staff team now. Yeah. Yep. Or if you're worried about what, what you're saying about what God's like, imagine you're in charge of the... Staff team, and so you're kind of also responsible for what What everyone else is saying, what God is like. (laughs) Because the what if they say something goofy, then it falls back to you. Yeah, why'd you give them this the platform? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, man, it's complex. And
1: so that's why I think like the average age of lead pastors is forty. Is it? Uh, mm -hmm. By then, you've had enough life experience and like slowly putting that weight on, Mm -hmm. where you're used to it, you know, it's yeah. not all of a sudden you're nothing at, at 22. You were d- not nothing. You, you are, d- nothing. You're, <laughs> you're inexperienced. And then someone hands you this whole satchel of lead pastor of a, sure. Of a sizable yeah, church yeah. where these different hats come into play. Yeah. Um, Hmm. So that's something to think about. I mean, you're nine yeah. years out from the average age. Yeah. Think of how much you could. I'm like halfway.
0: If I just did eight, nine years, Hmm. There's been a lot of change in the last, like in me in the last nine years. When I think about the stuff I had to step into, conflict resolution and that sort of thing yeah. at like 23, mm-hmm.
1: it
0: was very uncomfortable at the time, but very helpful to step into it and learn how.
1: I guess what I'm, if I'm, yeah, well, dial up my transparency Great. meter yeah, a little slide bit. It up. I think, and I think you've said this before as well, but the um the deconstruction journey mm. of how just how much my beliefs on a number of important Christian doctrines has changed mm-hmm. um I would just be nervous that any more of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> could, could, would be too destabilizing for and a currently like to take on more responsibility at a currently existing church yep. where the ethos of, I guess, the intellectual virtues is not totally endorsed by the congregation. Mm-hmm. What excites me is like, if I were to do this one day and, and like be the lead guy or whatever, and, or a co-lead situation, mm-hmm. if we were to ever start a venture, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's a reason why I like what we're doing here. Yeah. The values on display here, hopefully the intellectual virtues, being curious, being open, being thorough, having poise and not getting freaking out when people disagree. Yeah. Um, humility, able to say like, Hey, I've, I've been thinking wrong about that. I can need to change my mind Mm -hmm. Uh, and the courage to do so. Those are rare words, man. They're not. Um, unfortunately it's just very rare in the church. Yeah. You know, the, Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah,
1: so a a church body that exhibited those in the context of we're chasing after understanding what God is like Mm -hmm. let's leave no stone unturned Mm -hmm. Uh, people with that you can disagree on nearly everything Mm -hmm. and be a part of this fellowship yeah that excites me that's cool because that because that's what I'm called to do as a Jesus follower in the first place yeah Jesus what Jesus had fellowship with people that thought super differently from him mm-hmm. he reclined at the table of the pharisees and he did not think like the pharisees did yeah he. just as much as he reclined with the prostitutes and drunkards and mm-hmm. um, that didn't stop him from keeping a genuinely open table and so I I've, I dream of a church that's like that, and I don't know how it works. And that sounds extremely messy. And yeah, how do you get anything done if no one's in agreement about stuff? <laughs> There's all those yeah. headaches. Um, yeah, and maybe there. So you right, you do need some agreement. Yeah. And what if we just shifted them away from this hard line set of historical doctrinal topics? Yeah. Like in a, a specific thing of atonement. Yeah. Um, right. But rather, um, yeah, I guess some, some of these virtues, values, and, and ways of being in the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of getting back to um, what what you train for is what you get. So, like, you we have churned out pastors and leaders because the seminary education was all just informational. Yeah, learn this set of dogma and go tell people about that stuff yeah and we didn't give one lick about their character or how they were going about their past or the soul
0: care stuff yeah and so and so
1: that i think that gets reflected in all these different statements of faith or Mm -hmm. what are the organizing principles Mm -hmm. for why we're gathering well it's because we all kind of agree to this list of doctrines yeah really that's just not as exciting to me yeah right you know it's more um I haven't. I don't have it totally filled out what I would want a church that we would lead to be like, but um, we're gathered around pursuing God in a certain way. Yeah, right. In, in a certain posture of, um, yeah, those things. Yeah, there's a the list. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's good, man. I appreciate you sharing that. I guess I, yeah, I feel the same way.
1: The question is, are there enough people where we live? And then, to do something like that Yeah
0: <laughs> Yeah, it, was, it just be you and me Yeah Doing the podcast Doing the podcast <laughs> I don't know, man I've chatted to people who get excited about that kind of idea mm-hmm. When I pitch it to them I think there are I, th- I think there are enough people Who have been through Or are going through similar sort of deconstruction-y type Journeys That would appreciate a community where those sort of intellectual virtues and, and values were the tie that binds. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe.
1: Maybe what, a plus One issue I've seen, though, is that so often, it just seems really often the case that the deconstruction crowd is really tightly related to, like, progressivism and, like, I don't know, call it left-leaning liberal politics. And that's I'm not saying that. No, I know envi- you want. I'm envisioning a community where there might be people, there are people, there would be people that share a table that both do and don't think homosexuality yes. is okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like not by me saying this. I'm not saying like I want everyone to be progressive. No, uh, uh-uh. no, no, no. It's the hard work of how do we come together with true diversity. Not yeah. Your, Goofy pigment of your skin, yeah, yeah, and all this stuff, but actual the diversity of your soul and your worldview, yeah. How do we bring that together in a way that's healthy? Um, yeah, I like that vision,
0: me too. Let's do it, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I think that's about all I was wanting to discuss on this. So, thank you, thank you for listening along and watching along. Hopefully, this was, I mean, these are the kinds of discussions that. Clint and I are going to have anyway, because I just want to know, sort this thing out. So we turn on the cameras and let you in too. If you're a pastor, if you're a pastor from some non Christian type of organization, please write in. I I really do want to know. But you go by pastor. Yeah, yeah. Like if that's your title, I'd be really curious to know. Um, You can always reach out to us. Like we'll interact with your comments, whether you leave them on this YouTube video or you can write to us, mailbag at opentotruth.com if you've got a question that you want to end up on a mailbag episode. We love that. I love going through your questions and stories. So be sure to check that out. And then there's a blog. Tell them about the blog.
1: Yeah, so we moved over to Substack. Substack. Uh so it's open truth or Oh, come on. No, it's um Substack.com slash stay curious. So it. I titled the blog. The stay now, curious. Instead blog. of just saying the open truth blog, stay curious.
0: Substack.com slash stay curious.
1: Yep. Got it. And that comes yep. out weekly. Great. So it's not you're not gonna get overwhelmed by your inbox, yeah. and it's just a way of raising your hand and saying, like I I listen sometimes. I'm a part of this little open of truth community. That that helps a ton. Yeah. Because right now I'm just looking at numbers, on views of videos and audio downloads, and I don't know who they are. Who you what, are? Where are you coming from? <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. Are, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, just let us know. We'd be really thankful.
0: Awesome. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Stay curious.